This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. that man and what can i do to help him restaurant owner at the end of his rope with the various being yanked around closing your restaurant opening your restaurant based on very iffy science right and <laughs> the silly fool arguing logic and say individual rights in america to which the uh faceless bureaucrat responds with faceless bureaucrat talk i'm surprised there haven't been more people pushed to the breaking point by now yeah, well, they are increasingly. Uh, new York is looking at shutting down all restaurants. Uh, indoor dining, of course, it's cold enough in New York right now. If you're outdoor dining, you're actually indoor dining. It's just a tent instead of a building, although, as I pointed out earlier, it's all about ventilation. It's not about walls and windows. It's ventilation. Well, even though they've got science that says, at least as of now, 4% of the, the spread of the vid is you can trace back to restaurants, 70% from 
people gathering at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we quoted a guy just a few minutes ago um, about all the big tech companies leaving uh, California for Texas in particular. And he unleashed a great line. Jim Wonderman, president and CEO of the Bay Area Council, said, Anyone who doesn't believe that this latest departure isn't a threat to California's economy is a business climate denier. A business climate denier. I love that. Hewlett-Packard, Oracle, been in California forever and moving to Texas. And Tesla, the up-and-comer, the hot, 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 I mean hot commodity, uh, doing the same thing. It's something. Oh, speaking of Bay Area tech. God, if Tesla if Tesla turns out to be what it currently looks like it is, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of your Wall Street people think, eh, this can't be real. But um, they've exploded this year, and it's now the, what, third most valuable company in the world? Something like that. It still seems a little crazy to me, but I'm not going to bet against Elon. But if it continues that direction, that decision for him to move from California to Texas could be huge. Could be a huge deal. Right. As as the great Tim Sandifer uh, once said, and his uh, book, The Right to Earn a Living, is absolutely great. He has so many good books. But anyway, um, he said the one number that nobody knows is the number of jobs that would have been created and were not. So, yeah, we can tell you how many Tesla jobs are leaving Cal Unicornia for Texas, but we can't tell you until it happens, you know, what the, in the year 2035 it would be. But speaking of tech giants, just a quick note to our friends at Apple. And there are tons and tons of people who work at Apple who listen to the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, I really like your products. I, I use them all the time. I don't know why my iPhone hesitates for five seconds before I can type a text now, but that's, I can get over that. I have one request for you. When I say the tea time is at 1 p.m., and you write T-E-A time, it's, hello, it's tea time. The number of people <laughs> in America who take a stick and hit a little ball across a field, golf in other words, the number of people who make a tea time compared to the folks who break out the com- the crumpets in the pot in the, the, the doilies in the teacup, it's a th- it might be a million to one. Tea time is T-E-E, okay? And if I say par, it's not pat. It's not para, which it filled in for me the other day, which is like Paralympics or something. It's like you're supposed to have four shots, and I did four shots, all right? Is there anybody who plays golf at Apple? Thank you. End of rant. Because of my dialect, when I say I say has instead of has. Has? So I, 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 if, I text, if I text my wife, I think, I, I think he has to go to school. Oh, it will yeah, okay. it will type out H A A S every Haas. single time, and I got to go back and f- fix it. Ass instead has ass huh. instead of has. She knows what you mean. You don't have to go back and fix it. You it's, don't think so? It's fine. Hmm. <laughs> Send it once and just see if she's baffled at what you were trying what to communicate. Hell? Who is Haas? What is, what is this hieroglyphics you're sending me? Um. Can the new Apple app replace your gym? Somebody reviewed it for the Wall Street Journal business and finance section says, I will never pay for a gym membership again. What now? <laughs> well, I don't know, but 
So it's an exercise app, obviously. Why are you scoffing there, Sean? Because you weren't going to pay for a gym membership anyway. Oh, that's part of it, too. I, I, I'm <laughs> a fan of the overly declarative, uh, <laughs> like, oh, the, the such and such is dead. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah, I got to admit, I read the article thinking, I don't know why. It's not, I, I'm not going to get a gym membership, and I'm not going to get this app. I mean, and even if it, I can, did, it's not like I'm going to work out on a regular basis. Can this app pick me up a, a fellow hard-bodied hottie? No, I don't think so. Gyms are good for that, though. Oh, oh. Uh, the gym's a, the gym is the last place I need to be if I was looking to date, because there are many fit people around. I'm the before poster. Right. Nobody wants to to meet the the before poster. They want to meet the after poster. Ah, women love a fixer upper. <laughs> oh, but I, I was simply communicating the uh, to uh, there. There are many services that Jim provides that probably aren't uh, encapsulated in this app. So the whole nobody's ever going to buy again. Those sort of things just always make me chuckle. Women love a fixer upper. Reminds me, I used to work with a guy, one of the nicest guys and, and a talented guy, one of the nicest guys I've ever known. But anyway. He got married to a woman, and like shortly after he got married, he got braces, and then he got a jaw operation, I think, to like fix a. Uh, I didn't even notice he had an underbite or overbite, but hmm. fix that slightly. Then he, he a perm for his hair, and then had his toes broken because it like his toes did Al Qaeda have weren't him? lined up or something like did that. Did he give up the secret nuke codes? <laughs> we were talking about how his wife clearly was waiting to like change him into a different person. He had his he toes married. realigned? Yes. Yes, a poor oh, guy. Dude, run for your life. I think they're very happily married. Are they? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. shocker. But, uh, yeah. Hey, baby. Hey, I'm so happy. I'm so glad I married you. are the girl of my dreams. I'd like you to get breast implants, please. And braces and dye your hair. And do you mind wearing contact lenses? The fact that that relationship worked out is a testament to, I don't know, something or other. That's interesting. People who notice, uh, this is a different topic, really, but people who, who are like obsessed with minor flaws in themselves mm-hmm. or even fairly major flaws that nobody else would ever even think of. You know, like you mentioned, yeah, I've always had such big this or small that or whatever. And you think, yeah, I guess you kind of do anyway. I mean, it's like tortured them their whole lives. Right. And it's like not a thing for you. I remember this this woman I knew used to come to the bar I worked at all the time. She was way above average attractive, but apparently was obsessed with the fact that she had a tiny bit of an underbite, which I'd never even noticed, and got her jaw broken and realigned, Ugh. like had her mouth wired shut for three months to make sure her jaw was perfectly aligned because she wasn't that last tenth of a percent of attractive or something. Hmm. It's, it's horrible that, and I've got my own things like that, too. I suppose everybody does. Is there anybody that doesn't? Um, sure, yeah, we become aware of our imperfections. But what, what a horrible thing that we do to ourselves. Yeah. yeah and, and then, in many and then, ways. And then when you get over a certain age, then you really wonder, why was I tortured by that my whole life? Just awful. Just awful. Well, some people come to that uh, place psychologically. Many do not. Oh, really? And you're still tortured by it? Well, who are you mentioning the other day? Goldie Hawn, who's getting work uh, done on a near-monthly basis, basis apparently. Yeah, that looks like a freak she's show. a beautiful woman. She'd have made a beautiful older woman. But just... Yeah. She's in the new Couldn't. Santa Claus movie with Kurt Russell. See it on your uh, your Netflix or your Disney or wherever Check the hell it is. Check your local streaming list. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like a freak. Don't Google it. Anyway, Search it up. This woman says, I'll never get a gym membership again now that I've used the... And she's the tech reporter. It's not like she's the, you know, 
bouncy ponytailed girl writing for for uh, for uh, one of those women's magazines, the grocery store. She's a tech reporter for the she's, Wall Street Journal in the business and finance section. Right, so she's not the sort who's going to go crazy you over an app. Anyway, she says the Apple Fitness app is absolutely fantastic. It's a subscription thing, but it's a lot less than a gym subscription. It's ten dollars a month. You, does videos, it deliver weights to me? Or? What you, does it you, do? You, Makes you, my phone heavier. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you have weekly video works out workouts in ten different disciplines, and I guess the videos are just really good, high energy tra- trainers that really motivate her to do stuff. I don't know. Okay, so so you're zooming into your various fitness classes and kind of just working along with that. That makes I sense. Yes, yeah. I guess, and this is a particularly good one. Yeah. Eh, if I was in a different place in my life, I might give it a whirl. I may give it a try. Yeah, good for you. I mean, not the the hardest part of a gym membership to me back when I used to do this thing was the I got to get dressed and drive there and then work out and then and park and then walk to my car and then drive home. Mm -hmm. Um, You eliminate that whole thing to where you're just in your living room. I'm done and I'm home now to work or family or whatever. I can see the advantage of that. I highly recommend a used, in my case, elliptical. I love the elliptical because it's legs and arms and cardio and the rest of it. It's upstairs. It's in front of a TV. I watch the news because that's my thing. And I have never not done it for lack of motivation. If it's my day to do it, I do it um, because it's right there. Helps uh, a lot. You know, maybe it's a certain personality type like us that, you know, just that extra bit of time and effort and driving and the rest of it oh, is sure. raining out, blah, blah, blah. But and parking and maybe you're not in the mood to see people. The sunk cost of travel time is so gigantic in me. Like trying to plan socialized things, I I can't get past the man. That's going to be like a forty five minute round trip drive. That's yeah. just so yeah. driving. So whatever you said about you'll never regret this piece of exercise equipment. Here's one that you will never use because I've got one in my garage. The, mm. the person there before a, a pull up bar. Oh. Unless you're <laughs> like super jacked uh, and really in good no. shape, that pull up bar is useless. Anybody who could pull me up. Is a Navy SEAL. Since I can't do one pull-up, it's Ugh. hard to get much exercise. <laughs> yeah. Just hang there struggling for five minutes. <laughs> you know, if that were in my home, it would be an aneurysm bar. Not a pull-up bar, because I can guarantee an aneurysm. And are you getting any stronger by just hanging there? <laughs> it's wailing your legs. your grip strength. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow I can do one, and I'll try it every day. See if I get any stronger. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. In all fairness to so many of my UK friends, you know, they kind of ran around the corner of the uh, of the marathon and joined it in the last mile. I think that would be a good metaphor for it. They really rushed through that approval. The, the, the FDA, the United States of America Food and Drug Administration, is the gold standard of regulation. They're doing it in a very careful way, appropriately. You know, I love the Brits. They're great. They're good scientists. But they just took the data from the Pfizer company, and instead of scrutinizing it really, really carefully, they said, okay, let's approve it. That's it. And they went with it. In fact, 
they were even rather severely criticized by their European Union counterparts who were saying, you know, that was kind of a hot dog play. Yeah. I would have done the same thing if I was in charge of something. United States says it's okay. Good enough for me. Give it to me. Dr. Fauci had a bit of a Dr. Hibbert thing going there. <laughs> he was giggling after everything he said. Uh, but I, I've a bit of a hot dog play from those fast talking youths. <laughs> Look at that, Tamita. Um, he. Uh, I was also reading that uh, the the U.S. says to Pfizer, for instance, "All right, you did all your studies. Give us all the data. We'll go through it. We'll assess it from top to bottom, beginning to end, and then we'll compile it and make a decision." Whereas the Brits say, "Hey, give me your final report, would you?" Yeah, this looks pretty solid. Start jabbing people. So that's why they had it, was it a week before us or quite a few days? The EU, I guess, is pretty slow, too. I don't think they've started. Got a night, hmm, take two. Got a nice note from uh, Megan, the nurse, who got the vid shot the other day. She's a physician's assistant in surgery. She says, the vaccination itself, no pain at all, barely noticed it going into my arm. I'll be sure to let you know if I experience any symptoms. I received the second vaccination exactly 21 days later. They were very specific on getting it on that 21st day and even suggested you time it to be at about the same time of day from your initial vaccination. How could that possibly be the science? If you miss the window, you have to get the first vaccination again. Now, she doesn't make clear how badly you'd have to miss the window. A couple minutes. No, um, <laughs> I have no idea. It's the Pfizer vaccine, um, she says. That's going to be... I, I, it was going to be kind of hard anyway to get it, you know, nailed down exactly three weeks afterwards. Make sure the, uh, you know, whatever clinic you go to has got their schedules all right. But man, if you have to get it at a certain time of day, nah, I can't believe that's necessary. It seems pretty over the top. I mean, how dialed in can this thing be? I don't know. Is this like an episode of Twenty Four, and I got a chip inside my brain that's going to blow up if I don't? You know, five, I know, four, I know, three. I know various mental health uh, drugs that people I know take. You're supposed to take them the same time every day, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, a 24-hour dose wearing off or not. Sure, yeah. Three-week dose wearing off or not, it's got to be within hours. It just seems unlikely. Yeah, it seems odd, but uh, a specific day even. I wonder if it's that. It's one of those things where, look, it's got to be within a few days either way of 21 days. And they just tell you 21 days just to avoid the person like me who would put it off for a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, She goes on to say, not to make you feel old, but my mom has been listening to you since the analysis of the blue dress scandal. I remember sitting at the kitchen counter before elementary school watching y'all on TV. <laughs> Thanks for that. I've since turned dozens of my friends onto your show, still waiting for my oven mitts. Some of them said, have... check on Megan the Dallas nurse's oven mitts. Some of them have passed away, of course, since you've been on the air for 70 years. <laughs> hey, Megan? Have UPS canceled some of the COVID vaccination to make sure she gets her oven mitts? <laughs> Thanks for the note. Megan? Megan! Megan! This city hasn't had an hour of sunshine yet this December. Stockholm, Sweden is yet to have an hour of sunshine this this month. Wow, that's depressing. It only gets about six hours of sunlight on average. But so far, it hasn't gotten an hour of sunlight. Yikes. Stockholm! Wouldn't bother me. I'm not tied into sunlight, but I know lots of people are. It just kills them if it's cloudy for days. Yeah, that'd be rough. I could live with cloudy for the rest of my life. would be perfectly fine. Really? Yeah. I don't care. Kind of a cloudy fella. Exactly. What's there to be sunshiny about? Exactly. 
<laughs> hey, day, uh, day, day universe, take it down a notch. I got problems. You got problems. It's all the sunshine. You ought to move to Stockholm. Oh, I'd you might be that. their mayor. It sounds great. <laughs> he is so gloomy. I think he is our new, our new leader. Just sit around and mutter. <laughs> sounds fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow You know, in this battle for the soul of America, democracy prevailed. We, the people, voted. Faith in our institutions held. The integrity of our elections remains intact. And now it's time to turn the page, as we've done throughout our history, to unite, to heal, not a healthy to clear our throats. Not a healthy sounding Joe Biden there, but uh, you know he caught him at a bad moment. 
And he's 80. And he's 80. That'll do it. So uh, my daughter burst into the living room the other day. Judy and I were chilling out. Father, (laughs) father. She's 21. And said, oh, my God, oh, my God. They cracked the Zodiac Killer's code. She has been full-on Zodiac Killer hunter. Uh, not like, not like to the extent of obsession, but watched all the shows, checked huh. out the websites, familiar with the uh, that documentary about Patton Oswalt's wife, who oh, uh, wrote a book about it. Right, right. The rest. Oh, um, interesting. It's, so though it happened decades before she was born. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a movie with handsome Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, that reintroduced uh, it to right. a, a new generation of people. Plus, right. I think anybody who comes across it, the the mystery of the Zodiac Killer. Um, gets intrigued. We have reason to believe that he's a maniac. That was an actual tape from the cops at the time. Serial killer in the San Francisco Bay Area never caught. Was that the uh, the headline? The key, yes. The, the the I think the real headline, the hook though, is that he constantly taunted the police and the press, and he sent them letters, and he he sent uh, uh, codes, ciphers that have tantalized code breakers now for decades. Well. The code dubbed the 340 cipher because of the number of characters apparently has been broken by three amateur code breakers. And the message, the encoded message, which those had hoped would reveal his identity and location, etc., is just more taunting. Just more taunting. It's a statement that, uh, well, I'll read you the one. I hope you're having lots of fun and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show. Uh, there was a TV show where uh, somebody was on the phone or something and claimed to be him. Mm. He says, that wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. The guy on the TV show said, I think I'm going to stop killing because I'm afraid of the gas chamber. You should know that, too. Zodiac, the real guy, says, I'm not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner. Because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise, so they are afraid of death. Okay. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise death. So, he was completely wacky. So it would seem. Not that spells paradise wrong, too, so he's a sloppy speller. Not that a guy who goes around killing people and taunting the police isn't kind of crazy to start with, but... But it would appear he had some real psychotic ideas. You know, I can't diagnose him, but I now have enough slaves to work for me. So he believes that the poor people he murdered, which was several couples, that was another notable part of it. It would be couples smooching in their car or whatever. He'd, he'd murder both of them. Oh. Um, But he had this idea that since he'd murder them, they were his slaves for the afterlife. How freaking loopy is that? Pretty, um, pretty dang. Yeah, and the but so other... the cracking the code only it it didn't end up being my name is Jim Smith and I live no at eight 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 Valencia Street. I'm trying to find there was another reference to another one of the codes that got broken, and I got to admit, a while back, and it was more of the same. It was just taunting. You can't catch me, nah, nah, nah. I got to admit, I went through a period where I was super into this and read books and stuff myself, but I don't remember any of it. They never have figured it out. No. Who he was. They don't know. They assume he died of old age since he started this way back in the day. I did one of those rabbit hole afternoons once. It was like a rainy Sunday or something. I can't remember a few years ago and ended up watching. You were in your cups and uh, reading. reading. No, no, I was was sober. I was I was I was on the hunt, Jack. Mm. I was looking for justice. I'm going to solve this. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm going to figure this out. And I remember... Let me Google some stuff. I'll get to the bottom of it. There was this, like, suburban dad guy who looks pretty dirty. And and people are, like, crazy into this or shouting the name at the radio right now. Um, he really fits a lot of the... Uh, the wheres, whens, uh, characteristics, that sort of thing. And as I recall, there's even a, the killing stopped at X, and that's when he, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Delaney runs in yelling that they've cracked the code. And all she says, I wonder what he said. And I had five minutes before read the article. I said, I don't want you to hear this from me. <laughs> all he said is, I'm a crazy person. I like killing people. No clues. No clues. It is astounding that somebody could get away with such horrendous crimes for such a long time. But as we figured out with that, uh, you know what? I almost used his name. Why would I use his name? The monster Golden State subhuman piece of crap coward. Um, He got away with it for decades and decades because of the lack of DNA technology. Yeah, it's not that astounding to me that people get away with it uh, from um, an intellectual standpoint. From a moral standpoint, it's horrifying. It's just just horrifying that someone could do those things. So many times. Destroy so many people's lives, the living living members, Mm -hmm. the families and everything like that. And then cause so much grief. And and then never pay a price for it. It's just it's hard to take. Well, we talked about this yesterday. It's a little grim, but we'll move on in just a second about the uh, Little, the guy Little, who's the most prolific, they think, serial killer in American history, certainly up in the 90s, right? Yeah. Well, and he would target folks at the fringes of society that nobody would miss. Prostitutes, drug addicts, that sort of thing. Um, and his reign of terror was... And he's a, he's a black guy who killed mostly black women. The 80s and 90s? Is I think that he right? started in the 60s. Oh. I think it goes way back. That's He's right. He's very old. Yeah, he killed a few in the, I think it was late 60s, and yeah, that's right. The story's taking shape in my head. And He's the guy we mentioned yesterday. He's an incredibly talented artist, and he didn't know a lot of these gals' names. He remembered some of their first names, but he said, yeah, and I killed a woman in, in uh, you know, whatever, Columbus, Ohio. It's probably 1974, and here's what she looked like. And mm-hmm. he, he'll draw a picture, and it looks like her, which is... Uh, Triple troubling. Sure. So he's got a genius photographic memory brain where he's got the picture of this woman from decades ago and then can draw it so well that you'd recognize them. You could mention guys we worked with 15 years ago. I'd have to sit and think for a long time before I could picture them, and I could never draw them. And I would also submit that they're not among 90-some people who I knew briefly. All right. Because his victims. So... What sort of brain does he have that he has a near photographic memory of his victims, an ability to draw their pictures, and yet doesn't recognize their humanity enough to not kill somebody? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't blame anybody who gets into this stuff, because I have, at various times in my life, gotten really into it. I've watched the movies, I've read the books, all this different sort of stuff. But I decided at some point, one, that I wasn't going to give them any of my time and energy and emotional energy mm-hmm. whatsoever. Right. They're scumbags. And two, that just, they're so crazy. The, the, I think part of the appeal to me anyway in reading about these people was trying to imagine somebody kind of like me. How did you do this? They're not like you or anybody else. No, their they're brains, broken. Their brains yeah. are so broken 
It, 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 you can't apply it to anything. There's no mystery there, really. Their brains don't work. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to say there's no answer. I think all of us go down that rabbit hole looking for an answer A or cause. some sort of understanding. No, it's that they're broken. Their brains don't work. Often, often, oftentimes, what what their brains might have been broken to start with, or what broke their brains was horrible childhood abuse, like in the case of this, the guy they were just talking about has killed over ninety people. Horrifying, brutal, violent childhood. It broke their brain. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is just its own terrible story. Well, my God, that uh, couldn't be heavier. How about this, Jack? Disney World reopened back in July. They made sure to implement very strict COVID protocols. Among those. That guests wear face masks at all time in the parks. You know what makes me a bad person? Is What's that, that? I never can remember which one's Disneyland and which one's Disney World. Really? Disney World is Florida? Florida, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that doesn't never, make you a bad person. I, I've yes, never, it does. I've no. never been to either one, so it's not. There's so many things that make you a bad person. I mean, we, <laughs> and that is one of them. <laughs> all right, Sean. <laughs> but some visitors were still taking their masks off when they went on rides, so... Initially, Disney combated this by refusing to sell you overpriced photos, like on the log plume plunge thing, if you didn't have your mask on. We won't sell you your overpriced photo. Well, you showed me by not charging me $25 for an okay picture of me. Of me shouting. Then someone had the genius idea of digitally adding face masks onto the photos of guests who weren't wearing them. Presumably so they could still sell them ride photos, uh, but the results look terrible. It's absolutely (laughs) hilarious. They're mist-sized. They're like, you know, like giant novelty sunglasses that you might buy at Disney World? They're like giant novelty masks that uh, they're bigger than the poor woman's head. That reminds me, the first amusement park I ever went to was Worlds of Fun in Kansas City in, like, eighth grade or something like that. And I bought, with the 20 bucks my parents gave me for the bus trip, uh, I bought one of those invisible dogs on a leash. Yes. I had never seen one before. Oh, yeah. So it was just so incredibly humorous to me. And, man, I, I let that dog pull me all around the park for an entire day. <laughs> I just thought that was endlessly hilarious. You were invisible dog guy for a day. <laughs> invisible Congratulations. Dog. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw one of those in an airport. I was as fascinated as a little kid could be. Oh, yeah. So cool. <laughs> Oh boy! You actually <laughs> bought one. Oh, I bought one and then, and then used it <laughs> to with endless amusement. Oh boy! You got your money's worth. Oh, I abs- sure did. Sure did. Good man. Although that, um, I rode the roller coaster and it was a crazy, well-known, nationally known upside-down roller coaster. And uh, I was small for my age, and uh, even though I was old enough to ride the ride and tall enough, I was just so small and scrawny and everything like that that. I didn't quite, the the cage that came down didn't quite, like, hold me in place. Like, oh, boy. My head was down low. <laughs> oh, boy. And my head banged and banged on those oh, metal geez. bars. It would beat the crap out of me going Ride around the that con- thing. The concussionator. I thought I was, I was really working hard not to cry. It hurt so bad. Oh, it scared the crap out of me. I didn't ride a roller coaster again for a very long time, and I had to pretend like it, nothing happened, right? Because I'm a cool junior high boy, and there's junior high girls over there. Sure, but, yeah. Um, it was horrifying. Just beat the crap. It was so painful and frightening. Your invisible dog peed invisible pee on your leg. It was so upset. I wonder who held my invisible dog while I rode the ride. I don't remember. Just tied it up to a post, I bet. Not as bad as that other ride, also in Kansas, I believe, that decapitated a kid. Remember oh, that story? that's a rough day. That's we a, that's we had lightened things up there for a minute. And and I you, took it uh, back. Yeah, you did. Nice job. That was rough. Nice job. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. I had heard of Parler. That's the conservative Twitter. Is the uh, best way to describe yeah. it? Yeah. Very free rangey and no prejudice against conservatives. But but so many conservatives have said, "I'm leaving Twitter. I'm going to Parlor." That, right. That's yeah. kind of became their brand, whether yeah, they wanted it to be or not. Yeah. Um, and then MeWe, I'm not familiar with. What's MeWe? MeWe? Uh-huh. Couldn't tell you. That was the first I saw it when uh, that okay. article. It's an American social media. Yeah, just another competitor, I guess. Uh, light approach to content moderation, so similar. Similar appeals. There isn't a lot of pulling down posts and such. M E W E. Yeah. Okay. Something my two-year-old said to me. Um, uh, the it says here that the uh, the pre-election growth has really dropped off a cliff. Well, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, all political discourse has dropped off a cliff after the biggest election since 1860. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they, they, they're around or not for very long. I haven't tried to sign up. Have you? For a parlor? Yeah. No. Did you sign up? And no. I just, probably should. But. I probably should, too. I think that's the way a lot of people feel, but there, there's only so many different platforms I'm going to check on a regular basis and engage in. Right. I suppose we should be putting out content on them, according to uh, the thinkers in our industry. When you are we do a fair amount. When you're on Twitter, you tweet. Mm-hmm. When you're on Parler, you parlay. I don't know if you know the language of the land here. Uh, that's a uh, French. What do you do on MeWe? Oh, me talk, me post. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know if these things are going to catch on because in theory the free market will correct any problems, uh, right? Uh, well, I believe in the free market. I'm not mm-hmm. trying. But um, I just, I don't know if everybody's on Twitter and that's where the conversation is happening. I just, I don't know if I'm going to move over to me, MeWe. I heard a, uh, one particular conservative ha- sh- share some doubts on the, the future of these things simply because there's no liberals to dunk on on them. And We're that's, all talking to ourselves. Yeah, you, you don't have the counter narrative <laughs> to push back against. Would the fun go out of uh, for uh, liberals also if all the conservatives left, and then they're just like nobody to like look at the stupid thing this person said? Who to troll? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, so a quick uh, note here: we talked about this story. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, of course it was because it was uh, a sixty-minute story on Sunday uh, about Sutter Health, a big uh, health company in in Northern California. And how their prices are so much higher than South Carolina or South, uh, um, Southern California. Obviously, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. It's always a mistake. And, uh, Tim sent us an interesting note. Uh, first he sent the link to Sutter's response to the 60 Minutes interview, uh, with Xavier Becerra, the Attorney General of uh, California. Um, which I read some of yesterday, and he says, Tim says, don't be fooled. This this is about a political lawsuit aimed at Sutter, who would not kowtow to the UFCW's commands. That is the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. Uh, there is no reason to... Becerra's claims don't also apply to, and he names five or six other big healthcare companies in the western United States, and I looked into the deal, and yeah, sure enough, the uh, that union and Sutter Health have been in an incredibly expensive legal battle for a very long time. 
because Sutter's trying to resist their domination. Hmm. And so the union's accusing them of price fixing and all sorts of stuff. And it's it's at least half a hatchet job. But it's hard to say where the truth begins and the, uh, well, the truth ends and the hatcheting begins. What are you doing? Chairman Xi and the Communist Party sent me to have sex with Jack Armstrong and Joe Giddy, but now I find myself more interested in learning English and listening to their final thoughts. You know, it's a good bit. It's three times too long. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. I get it. And it's amusing. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew who wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael. Yeah, I'll be pretty quick. I had an invisible dog as a kid. Unfortunately, he had to go to the vet, and he wore that white cone around his head for a little while. So it was kind of <laughs> odd leading him around. It was yeah. kind of strange. Sure, it would be. Very <laughs> awkward. Positive show on a final thought. Yeah, I was forced to face the uh, the fact that with this uh, pandemic stuff, I, I am in serious danger of becoming a robe guy, uh, where I just wear robes far too often. <laughs> but I think I figured out the solution to that, is I just need to have multiple robes. Because if I have multiple robes, then I'm a classic guy with a closet full of you know various smoking jackets. and smoking. But if you just have the one robe with various food stains on it that you yeah. just continuously wear, that's when it gets problematic. Robe guy quickly becomes soiled robe guy. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. So I, just, I just need to have a, a an abundance of robes. Is your robe falling open there, Harvey Weinstein, Charlie Rose, or does he keep it tied? I, I, I seem to have lost my belt. Jack, a final thought for us. Um, another shoestring catch. Another year of wondering what to get my kids for Christmas and can't find the item. I waited too long and found it yesterday, and I'm picking it up today. Another shoestring catch on Win. Christmas. World's greatest dad. You got the mug to prove it. Well, we're out of time for my final thought. It would have been one of the great pearls of wisdom ever unleashed on mankind, <laughs> as far as you know. But it's gone forever, right? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. That bit was too damn long. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Everything we talked about is under hot links. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I I did not say that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) That sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? You know, that was kind of a hot dog play. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. 
Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.